Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore, and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listen to Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host Mark and joining me today we got Sean Bird. How's it going? Hello, I'm good, how are you? Very good. Uh, I'm very excited. We're sharing something you've written and I've always liked knights, you know, even back in the like epic days I seen their minis and I kind of liked them a little bit. So we're sharing something that you've written about knights. Yeah, yeah, it's uh I'm really excited about this. You know, I've done a lot of work going through and editing all this a whole bunch of times too. So I hope it's readable. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Uh, it looks pretty cool. You've uh, kind of given us a little bit of world building, like a little lexicanum entry. And then you've also written some short stories as well. Yep. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of give this setting beforehand so that everybody kind of knows what's going on at least a little bit. You know, there's just a bunch of other stuff that is probably going on behind the scenes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of leads into, and then I actually, there's like a, where is it? I put in like a, a notable conflict and stuff like that, like just a random battle that happens and stuff like that. So, yeah, cool. Um, you were kind of briefly saying there. Do you you've written a whole bunch? You like writing? Where do you kind of? Oh yeah. Rank yourself as um, an author. <sighs> It's hard to rank myself. Uh, other people say that I should write books and stuff like that. I don't know, personally. I think sometimes I'm a little wordy, but I think I'm a good author. Author. Okay. 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 Well, you know, me and all my reading expertise will be the true judge of it. <laughs> oh yes, I try not to include too many big words in here for you. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Every big word I stumble over actually costs Patreon dollars one dollar more. So it's like. Yeah, don't submit oh, that yeah, or no. it charges you. It's a whole process. I wish I didn't do it that way, but that's the way the system is. So Yeah, you know. So um, <laughs> do you want to start reading off your lore? Who better than share it? Uh, yeah, sure. I can do that. Yeah, sure. All right. So um, so uh, this planet Birdia, uh, planet class, is it's a feudal night planet. Um, their population is constantly fluctuating between about two and two and a half million people. Um, they mainly export like potatoes, food stuff, and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and they import a lot of steel uh, and like building materials, um, you know, stuff like that. I love in um, 40,000 years, we're still munching the potatoes. 
Oh yeah, it's you know it's 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 very important. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, so it's a history here. Um, so Birdie is a small world that consists of humans that settled the planet alongside many others when the Imperium first set out to conquer the galaxy. It is a fertile planet, and as such, creates a large amount of food. During the dark age of technology, the planet slipped into a renaissance that reshaped the very culture of its people. This new culture proved to help the planet and its people prosper as artwork flourished and covered many of the castles and temples across the planet. When the Imperium discovered the world, they had created many fine works of art. Either through force or with money, the Imperium took some of the greatest works created by the Birdians, displaying the works that moved even the most emotionless of men and burning the pieces seen as heretical. There was some initial uproar by the populace, but this was quickly quelled when promises of riches untold were given. The Birdian nobility bent the knee to the Imperium, and a large-scale recruiting process began. Many men were taken for the Astra Militarum, while many boys were taken by ultramarine chapters that resided in the nearby ultramar systems. This caused an abrupt end to the Renaissance that Birdia had basked in for nearly 200 years as there was now little time for art. The planet began to export large quantities of food, getting large imports of equipment, soldiers, and training for the use and maintenance of the night suits located on Birdia. Cool. Um, so they don't have their own guard regiment. Hey, there's guard regiments that just draw from them kind of randomly or... Um, so initially, they actually don't have a guard regiment, um, mm. but eventually one is created. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a little spoilers, but there's a lot of Nurgle battles and stuff like that that go <laughs> yeah. on. So, you know, they definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's only a matter of time till you get your own guard regiment. They're, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Nobility. The nobles of House Moon have long fought against the demons of Nurgle. They have sworn an oath to aid the Ultramarines in recapturing the Scourge Stars controlled by Nurgle and his demons. Because of this oath, the populace of Berdia have been significantly stronger constitution, with a handful of people even gaining immunity to some of Nurgle's most vile pestilences. The pilots of the Knights of Moon are lifelong friends that work in perfect concert with one another. The devastating martial prowess of Sir Sean and his knight castigator, Hawkeye, has turned to turned the tide of many battles. Backing him up is always Sir Maxwell in his nice knight castellian, Gilia. Bringing to bear devastating firepower. Every pilot customizes their knight, fitting not only honors for successful missions, but also their own personal touch. As none of the pilots are directly related to the nobility of House Moon, they have been permitted to fit their family crests under the crest of the knight. And then you have a nice little uh, artwork of the crest. It's uh, a heraldic shield with like a yellow half, green bottom half, and then like a white moon in it. Pretty cool looking. Yeah, yeah. I I did not spend a lot of time to make that. <laughs> it took hey, it five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take much time to just add that little bit that just wows me, though. I'm very, ooh, colors. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you want to read this part? No, you can go ahead. It's fine. Okay. Nobility King Venice Moon, Queen Nona Moon, Prince Altar Moon, Princess Cassandra Moon, Pilots. 
Sir Damon, pilot of Knight Archeon. Uh, Michelle. Yes. Sir Sean, pilot of Knight Castigator Hawkeye. Sir Dylan, pilot of Knight Lancer, DT-21. Sir Maxwell, pilot of Knight Castellan Gilia. Um, so that was one interesting thing too, just jumping back up to just kind of how these guys aren't necessarily tied to the royal family. Yeah, so I know that generally the knights are are nobles and all that, but I yeah. didn't really want to go that direction. I kind of wanted it to ha to be a little less centralized, kind of. Yeah. Um, just something different, really, sure. mostly. So, but yeah. yeah, I have nothing against. It. I can see like like even when you look back to medieval times, you know, they had kings had their champions or whatever. They they weren't always marching to war themselves. They had their guys do. Yeah. That, you know. So it, yeah, yeah exactly. no, I like it. Um, yeah, and, you know, with the actual knights themselves, I wanted to go with uh, the more like the, the they're all mostly the Forge World ones, which are like the more mobile, faster mm. kind of suits. I wanted to go with those mostly because of just how they're trained and stuff like that. Um, they're more of like an attack group, obviously, but yeah. Okay, cool. Pilot yeah. Trials. In order to designate new pilots of the Knights of the Moon, a tournament is held whenever there is need for new pilots. Tournament rules. No nobility. Four groups of four friends compete in three trials. Teams are disqualified based on performance in the two trials. In the first two trials. The first trial is a game of intellect and wit where each team must answer three riddles in 30 minutes. The second trial is a uh, battle simulation. The groups must fight off a kill team of Astra Militarum headed by a former pilot. Uh, that's kind of cool. So that battle simulation, are they like strapped into like knights? So no, actually, a... it's just, to, it's literally just the four of them as themselves in a scenario in a battle simulation. It's okay. not kind of proxy. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. The final trial is deadly is a deadly trial and the trial of who will become the new pilots. Each group will face off e with each other in fights to the death. If any group loses one but one member, they are disqualified from the tournament. I kind of like that even uh, like then it's not you're, you're not killing off entire teams of qualified people, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. other reasons behind this, too, that I I guess I haven't put in here yet, but um, yeah, there, there, there's a really important factor when it comes to the actual relationship that, that the pilots have between each other. Yeah, I'm uh, picking up on this like whole friend things. Like you, you enter together, you win together, you lose together. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very important. Uh, the winner of the tournament tournament is a group that retains all four of its members and passes each of these trials. The reason why all four pilots must be friends is because each of the knight suits were originally piloted by four friends whose bonds went unbroken until the pilot of Knight Castigator was killed in combat. When they attempted to introduce a new pilot into the suit, he was killed by the machine spirit within. They soon discovered that the four knight suits had themselves developed an unbreakable bond that would, would reject any that did not share the same bond with his fellow pilots. Cool. Due to this requirement, yeah. the tournament is developed to weed out weak bonds of friendship and to strengthen those that remain strong. Thus, an interesting social strategy has developed. Parents will seek out friends for their children from a very young age and place them into environments 
very different from the one that they would expect from a potential future pirate. And, uh, instead of sending their children to training grounds, they are sent to play with other children, to make friends. When the children reach a certain age, they are informed of their path. This often invigorates the children, bringing them closer together and strengthening their bonds to one another. By age 14, it is generally expected that prospective pilots should have a solid friend group of at least three others. It is at this age that they begin to train their minds and bodies to prepare for the machine spirits within each night. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. That's so cool. I, I like I love the foreshadowing. Even just, you know, I could pretty much call what was going to happen before I read it. It was sweet. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, want me to go to the next part? Yeah. All right. Sweet. So the structure of the nobility. Um, Berdia is home to three different noble families. House Moon, House Calvia, and House Menet. Each house has access to the different knights on Verdia, but the knights are owned and maintained by House Moon directly. The three kingdoms of Verdia have organized a council, a council with positions held by the nobles. The three main positions are High King, High Prince, and High Lord. The High King holds the most power and is the leader of the military emplacements on Verdia. The High Prince has the second most power and is in control of the Astra Militarum that are sent, into, sent to fight in battles off-world. The High Lord has the least power on the council and is in charge of collecting tithes and policing the populace of Berdia. The three positions have always been held by the kings of each house and are held for life. Elections were held to determine who would fill each role until an attack on the planet saw a significant number of House Calvia killed off. After this, House Moon retained the position of High King as it was their forces that saw the invasion destroyed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, like, they, uh, elections are held to determine, but you're still kind of electing somebody within the royalty, eh? Yeah, it has to be yeah. some, like, like one of the kings. Um, but the, the actual election is for the position, mm. not who will be in the position. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Notable All conflicts right. plague war for Berdia. During this conflict, the knight's homeworld of Berdia was attacked by the demons of Nurgle. Berdia being a mostly agricultural feudal planet meant that Nurgle's plagues destroyed nearly 70% of the planet's food, killing millions. When the demons began their siege of the world's final stronghold, uh, held by the noble house moon and their knights, the knight castigator Hawkeye and knight Castellian uh, Gallia were charged with defending the outer walls of the citadel while knight archeon michelle and knight lancer dt-21 were tasked with securing the inner walls supporting the knights of the first birdian regiment of the astra militarum armed with two layman rust battle tanks and lads rifles <clears throat> this regiment was split into two companies one for the outer wall a smaller delaying group and one for the inner walls being a larger group and retaining both of the layman rust tanks at the onset of, of the battle Knight Hawkeye and Knight Gaia, Gallia, with the aid of the mm -hmm. retinue, killed off hundreds of demons before being forced to retreat, 
within the confines of the citadel. From the top of the outer wall, Night Gaia rained Gaia rained down Gaia. How do you say that one? Just tell me how. Gila. Gila. Yeah. Okay. Gila, like the like a Gila monster. Perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Night Gila rained down devastation explosion strikes, holding back the tide of demons long enough for Night Hawkeye to get close with a giant metal gate. Uh, Night Hawkeye to close the giant metal gates. For the next three days, the outer walls would hold a, hold against the wretched plagues of Nurgle until, Nurgle until finally the Horde was able to establish a fighting foothold on the walls using their plague towers. A full retreat to the inner walls was given. More than 60% of the forward positions of Astra Militarum were dead, and Nike Hawkeye's suit had sustained heavy damage when fighting a group of plague drones looking to flank Knight Gila. Gila. As engineers began to repair the damaged knight, its pilot, Sir Sean Forrester, made his way to the front line where he directed fire support for Knight Lancer DT-21, who was in the thick of combat with the Demon Prince of Nurgle. Knight Michelle and Knight Gilia, aided by the Lehman Rust battle tanks, began a flanking maneuver against a horde that stopped short after the new surge of demons entering the citadel. This was a critical moment in the battle. If Knight D-21 could defeat the Demon Prince, and if the flanking maneuver was successful, the siege would break. Scores of demons in Astra Militarum died in the bleak battle. A charging horde of plague bearers managed to overwhelm both Lehman Rust tanks through, through sheer weight of numbers. Knight Sean was forced to retreat within the suit bay to retreat within the suit's bay, as he had been stabbed through the thigh by a plague bearer. If not for the immunities that uh, Sir Sean had attained through, uh, had attained through, would he would have died within minutes. Oops, I forgot <laughs> to finish that. There's <laughs> more typo. It's all good. <laughs> <clears throat> Seeing that his knights was combat ready, he limped to the suit, injecting a combat stim as he approached. Emerging from the bay, Knight Hawkeye came full sprint towards the battle. Knight Lancer D21 had been locked in combat with the Demon Prince for nearly two hours now. The two so evenly matched that neither could gain ground. Surviving Astra Militarum would describe the scene as a dance of furious death, blade, and, and lance, locked in the throes of life and death. And yet, a demon cannot be killed. Nightgalia and Michelle continued their flank, managed to finally start a slow push into the Horde's center. Night Hawkeye, leaping from a nearby wall, entered the fray with a roar of fury and righteousness, smashing through a group of demons on the opposite flank, slashing with his massive power sword, destroying a handful more with every, every swing. The rout had begun. Seeing the demon... Seeing this, the Demon Prince faltered, giving Knight D21 an opening. Stabbing out with his power lance, D21 scored a devastating blow, forcing the demon back into the warp from whence it came. Within the day, the remaining demons were pushed out, and the planet would undergo several years of cleansing with the aid of the Ordomalius and the Ultramarines, destroying any remaining pockets of Nurgle for Nurgle's forces and rebuilding the agricultural heart of Berdia. The four knights were given the highest honors from holding back the tide of death that is Nurgle. Following the reconstruction of Berdia, House Mood reorganized the structure of nobility on the planet, making them the de facto rulers of the planet. Um, 
I really not like this like whole concept of these these knights are the same knights that are passed down. You know, you always read it in night lore that some of these suits are ten thousand years old, and I don't think you really lean people. We don't lean into that enough, you know. Um, yeah, and you know, there's um, the whole thing with like the memories of the past knights yeah. that being passed on and stuff like that, and I really like that a lot. So I wanted that there would be a lot of depth there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I definitely, like, I get why they recruit the very specific way they do, because if they don't, they're useless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very cool. I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, Battle with Nurgle, just lots of guard death. Um, it, maybe I would have liked to see, maybe just beforehand, just where you actually founded an Astro Militarum regiment and just, like, a little name drop for them, but minor detail of no real import and maybe you get to it even for all i fucking know uh no i don't but um <laughs> i i definitely that's that's gonna be in my future right because i am mm -hmm. gonna be writing up more for all these different parts of it yeah and actually this this thing this uh the whole thing that you just read i wrote this like as the very first thing that i wrote yeah um so a lot of this stuff i didn't even realize is like not even 100% accurate and I also you, you know what honestly full name in there <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> but which one is it <laughs> is it <I'm> Hawkeye <laughs> uh, oh. no honestly I haven't noticed too many too many lore things and even that like Astro Militarum thing it's like no not even a big thing it's just it makes me curious if anything is all <laughs> yeah yeah I'll definitely be writing about that yeah they're they're they play a big part in everything too so yeah very cool um there's some forces involved in that massive battle uh loyalist army house moons knight retinue the first birdian regiment astro militarum ultramarines detachment later ordo malleus inquisitors later traitor armory demons of nurgle demon prince bolia fester bola fester. Uh, yes bola fester yeah so i didn't name him in in the in that story um but he is quite prevalent throughout the, all the other stories that are in nice. here. So, and this is a name, Demon Prince. You came up with? I uh, yeah, I actually used like a, a word, like a name creator thing, and just <laughs> rolled a bunch of times until I got this. Perfect. Uh, losses: Loyalist Army, eighty-five percent of Astromilid Terran forces on the planet, including two Lehman Rust battle tanks, one Ultramarine Astartes. Later, Trader Army. Significant numbers of demons were banished back into the warp, including the demon prince Bolia, Bola Fester. Outcome, the, the moon nobility is able to route the demon forces, securing their position as high nobility and the shield of Berdia. Very cool. Yeah, that yeah. paints a very nice little picture of your planet and how your knights operate and how they're that the, the knights get passed on from generation to generation of friends yep yeah yeah so um the, the friendship thing is just is really the most important thing um the the four knights that i name uh you know sir damon sir sean sir dylan sir maxwell those are all real people obviously sir sean is me but yeah. um you know, these other people, you know, Sir Damon, Sir Dylan, those are my best friends. Sir Maxwell is nice. my brother. So, you know, I wanted to, I kind of try to include like um, a little bit of our own interactions and how we interact with each other in real life. Um, sure. 
and stuff like that just to give it a little more depth and stuff like that so yeah 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 no i like that hey it saves a heck of a lot of, a lot of character development if you can just be like what does that motherfucker do in a situation like this oh yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah 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 uh very cool so that was kind of like that gave us a good little base um in tomorrow's episode we're going to share two short stories do you want to just give a little teaser of what what it's going to be yeah so uh you know the first short story is um a, it's about the knights when they're kids um coming up uh it's pretty cool and then the second short story is um it's all about their their the actual ceremony where they get knighted and the events directly pre- you know right after that cool so, um yeah. i i is there a little bit of a pattern there where then your next story will be from the third night and it will be a little farther on on in the story? Another kind of climactic moment in their friendship? So, yeah, so actually um, the third, it, it will go to the third night, um, but it's going to pick up right from where the second story ends because there's, I wanted to make a little stop right there to change yeah. perspectives because each one of these stories is from one of their perspectives so Mm -hmm. yeah um, exactly like each one of these pinpoints in history technically you could write four different stories on that could come out very different you know exactly yeah yeah 100 very cool i i really like the concept of this um yeah your your story was easy to read regardless of how bad i am at reading you know it was was nice i enjoyed it (laughs) no worries (laughs) cool well would you like to add anything else uh to this part um no i mean like uh, i just want to say that like i've been super impressed with the level of lore that people have been writing on here Uh, i i just cannot get enough of it i love it every day you know getting into work and just getting to listen to you know just just a nice bit of lore you know for the first half an hour of the day it's great (laughs) uh do you have a favorite story so far um well i'm blanking right now but um... yeah of course damn it son of a bitch get back to me but i know for me i always recommend episode 50 to people um that's that one with like the tree taking over the solar system and it's... oh yeah that yeah. one was really good i love yeah. that one that was a yeah. great one yeah um i like the the what i cannot remember the name of the stories but it's the uh the the guy that you were talking about before that has the three stories out already. Um, oh, Jakari. Uh, so a red hat. Yeah, the Jakari. Yeah. 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 I love those. Those are fantastic. Yeah. So pe- well written. People in the discard have been discussing. They're like, okay, we know who did it. We know who solved it. So I don't know if I want to spoil it. So maybe everyone plug your ear if you don't want to hear my guess. It's the daughter. Oh, dude, I was thinking the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. That's my thought. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm still super excited to see how that story plays out. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's incredible how many talented people are. Like, I'm for episode 100. My goal is to actually write like a first person narrative for 40K. I've done plenty of Let's Canum style articles, but I need to, I've been inspired to try to reach out and branch out into different styles of writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and normally I would never write a lexicanum style entry myself because I, I cannot, I don't think that way. I have to think in a progressive kind of story kind of way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. 
Yeah, that's been interesting too. Just like I know the listeners don't get to see all the way the lore is actually presented to me. And I get a lot of pictures and even just the way people decide to format their lore makes a huge difference. And like, just, yeah, it, it's very cool, man. I, I really have learned and grown as a person because of this podcast. I'll go that far to say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we will uh, see you all in the next episode. If you want to support the show, don't forget to go to Patreon or click in the link below. You can give me a one-time donation. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Adios. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.